You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. Joining us to discuss progress in the Artificial Pancreas Project is Assistant Vice President and Director of Glucose Control Research at Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Dr. Aaron Kowalski. Dr. Kowalski, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you for having me. Aaron, tell our listeners, what is the Artificial Pancreas Project? What's it all about? Sure. So I'm a scientist at the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and we launched the Artificial Pancreas Project about four years ago, seeing that people with diabetes are still not achieving optimal outcomes. We still see significant amounts of hyperglycemia, significant uh, risk for hypoglycemia for folks on insulin. And we felt that uh, one of the limiting factors was the uh, tools. And the thing that's made the Artificial Pancreas Project uh, uh, feasible has been the commercialization and delivery of continuous glucose monitors. So the goal for the Artificial Pancreas Project is to try to tie devices together to improve glucose control, first and foremost, but also, importantly, to help ease some of the burden of diabetes management for uh, uh, the person with diabetes, and obviously, and and, and the people who treat them. Uh, and we want to try to accelerate that process. So we've been going at this and making really uh, nice progress. Well, we've on previous shows we have had uh, pretty in-depth discussions about insulin pumps and about continuous glucose monitoring devices. So. Tell us a little bit about the steps uh, that are being implemented to, I would say, start to do to put together the artificial pancreas. Sure. So we know that we the continuous glucose monitors and pumps. Uh, there are a number of patients wearing uh, both of these devices, and we we wear them uh, in what we would call an open loop uh, uh, format. That is, the person with diabetes still needs to interpret the glucose information and make their insulin dosing decisions. And what we've seen in the research is that computers can do that better. So the Artificial Pancreas Project has been focused a lot on taking those two devices that we know really well, the CGM devices, the continuous glucose monitor and the pump, and layering in what we call an algorithm that would be computer software that would be housed in the pump that interprets the continuous glucose information in real time and helps make dosing decisions or would automate dosing decisions. I think there there are a couple of, uh, of key points here. Uh, one is, you know, could we do this tomorrow? The research shows uh, that the computers do it really well. We have a number of studies going on in the United States, a number of studies in Europe and in Israel that shows that, that, that the computers can do it. it. It can work really well. I think the challenge is safety. So I think it's going to happen in stages. I think in the very near term, one of the things we are seeing is very amenable for this type of uh, approach is minimization of risk of hypoglycemia, taking the CGM data and dialing back or turning off insulin uh, delivery in the pump uh, upon impending hypoglycemia. We think we can do this very safely. And then I think you'll start to see automation of insulin delivery, which I think will be transformational uh, for people with diabetes. But again, in increments, probably initially reducing severe hyperglycemia uh, and then driving towards more euglycemic targets. Let's talk about that very first step 
uh, with the Paradigm VO that's being used in Europe. Tell us about that. Well, this is, uh, I feel very passionately about this. I come from a family where uh, my brother has type 1 diabetes, as do I, uh, but my brother suffers from severe hypoglycemia and awareness issues. And uh, over the years, had a number of seizures due, due to hypoglycemia, and um, you know it's a big struggle. And this is, uh, we all know that hypoglycemia is uh, the major um, barrier for most people to achieve tight glycemic control. One thing that drives me crazy is the fact that today a person can wear a continuous glucose monitor, become severely hypoglycemic, the alarm will be going off on the um, a monitor, and the person can be non-responsive. While that's occurring, the pump continues to pump insulin. This is open loop therapy, and 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 it's just uh, how how these devices work. Medtronic uh, has taken the first step here. It is called the Medtronic uh, Paradigm VO, and it's available in Europe. And this is a system which I think is uh, the first step. It's a small step, but a very very important one. Where when a person is non-responsive to severe hypoglycemia, the pump turns off insulin delivery for a two-hour period. Uh, will this prevent hypo? No, uh, it's reacting to hypo. Could it prevent seizures and those deaths that we see due to hypoglycemia? Uh, yes, and that's a very very important thing. I mean, uh, anybody who's been, been faced with a hypoglycemic seizure uh, realizes that's not not only impactful at that very moment, it affects glycemic control over the next few months. So this is a very important step. It can be done safely. Uh, the worry in this field is, could you have the sensor turn off uh, the system when the person was hyperglycemic and uh, run into some ketoacidosis issues? There's lots of data to support that that is a, uh, a very, very small risk versus a very, very big potential benefit here. So I'm a huge proponent of this. Uh, we're working uh, the, with the Artificial Pancreas Project uh, with the FDA to try to uh, understand and help them uh, uh, get some of these devices approved faster here in the United States uh, in, in partnership with the FDA. So I hope that we see these um, here in the States uh, in the near term as well soon. I agree with you. I think there's a small risk of being hyperglycemic if people don't realize that it's off. But nonetheless, we all know uh, you can get some pretty serious brain damage and pass away. And I'm sure you worry about your brother a lot, too. Hey, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Stephen Edelman. I'm speaking with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Aaron Kowalski. We are discussing the exciting topic of the Artificial Pancreas Project. Now, you mentioned uh, working with uh, the many the Medtronic folks. I noticed reading the you know the diabetes headline newspapers that JDRF is collaborating with Gosh, almost every company, including Sanofi Aventis and Animus and Dexcom. Tell us about some of these exciting collaborations. Yeah, so this, this is something that we have begun uh, doing a lot more uh, with the JDRF and partnering with industry, realizing that funding agencies like the JDRF or the NIH or, or others uh, ultimately uh, can't deliver to the patient. And I always say the benchmark for my success as a, a scientist working on funding of research is is the research that we're funding benefiting patients? And ultimately, we need companies to uh, uh, deliver. So we've been working very closely to see, uh, can we help uh, uh, with the research that we're funding and with our relationship with the FDA speed up uh, the delivery of some of these systems? We've tried to be very agnostic. Uh, we want 
all of the companies to be successful here, and we want uh, multiple systems uh, available to people with diabetes, feeling that uh, the, the more choices uh, people have uh, will be better, and the more competition will lead to better and better systems. So I, I, I hope in the near future that we see multiple companies, uh, and I think we're seeing it already, driving towards uh, automating some degree of insulin uh, uh, delivery that will help again improve glycemic control but uh, another thing that i feel strongly about is that some of that automation will help relieve some of the burden on people with diabetes uh, because managing the disease uh, 7 days a week uh 200 or 365 days a year um is hard and and i hope that we can uh, make that glycemic control improvement uh, a bit easier for folks we've been talking about insulin infusion and cutting it off when you get low but i think one thing that's pretty exciting to me uh is the fact that some of these pumps may be able to infuse glucagon. And uh, maybe you can tell our listeners where that might become really important. Yeah, this is a really exciting area. Now, ultimately, we use the term artificial pancreas here as a generic term, but I'm sure uh, the, the audience here appreciates that the pancreas is obviously more than insulin. Uh, and we've taken this staged approach, realizing that uh, today we think we can improve insulin delivery. So really, we're talking about automated insulin delivery. But our goal is an artificial pancreas, probably initially externally, maybe in the future um, implanted. Glucagon is an obvious step. We have glucagon now used for folks uh, who have severe hypoglycemia. We've done some research that shows you can put this in a pump and improve uh, glucose control with automation of both insulin and glucagon, uh, you know, the yin and the yang or the accelerator and the brake, uh, however you want to think about it. Now, another area that I'm very, very interested in is the hormone amylin. Uh, uh, the company amylin makes this as a uh, branded as a uh, simulin or pramilintide. You know, this is another hormone that many people don't think about in type 1 diabetes. That the beta cells that are lost in type 1 also lose their ability to make amylin. Uh, and this could be another key component. So ultimately, I think the artificial pancreas project in the near term will focus upon automation of insulin delivery and try to improve glycemic control on that end. But ultimately, there's a a, a big potential in the future to layer in other hormones that are dysregulated in, in diabetes and uh, do that with some degree of sophisticated computer automation and make things work better. Uh, very, very exciting. The research is going on. It's in humans and academic setting, and we want to drive this uh, uh, as fast as possible as well. I think there's huge upside there. Well, let's talk about some of the obstacles to the artificial pancreas. I know one thing that we spoke about at the American Diabetes Association meeting was the, the fact that some of the currently used insulins may be a little slow to work and slow to dissipate. Right. That, that is a huge obstacle. And I think the key uh, nut to crack here, to sp so to speak, is safety. I think the efficacy is, uh, I hate to use the term slam dunk, but it's, uh, you know, we have a lot of room for improvement on glycemic control, but we need to do this safely. And, and if you think of the major obstacle in this field, it is absolutely insulin. Uh, insulin in a person without diabetes, we all appreciate that you get secretion before you even eat. Uh, so the cephalic phase of insulin release, you have uh, circulating um, insulin levels rise very quickly as it's uh, insulin secreted from the pancreas into the portal system. We don't get that with sub-Q delivery. So what we have is instead of a pre-priming and rapid action from the pancreas, we have no pre-priming and uh, uh, 45 to 90 minute kinetics uh, with today's quote unquote rapid acting insulins. 
how can we uh, uh, accelerate uh, insulin action, yeah, both turning the insulin on faster, which will help with the postprandial hyperglycemia problems we face, and turning off the insulin faster, you get this, you know, there's too much insulin on board in folks, and you get hypoglycemia risk. If we could do that, I think uh, we could dramatically improve safety. Now, now, that's not to say that we can't do this uh, safely with today's insulin. I do think we could significantly reduce the risk of hypoglycemia and automate some degree of insulin um, delivery right now. But to restore euglycemia, I think it's going to be almost impossible uh, without faster-acting insulin. I'd like to thank our guest, Assistant Vice President and Director of Glucose Control Research at the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Dr. Aaron Kowalski. Dr. Kowalski, thank you so much for spending time with us on Diabetes Discourse. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. Daddy, what are you reading? I'm reading about something called GLP-1. Is it a robot? No. (laughs) GLP-1 is a natural hormone that helps regulate glucose metabolism. Its multiple actions are critical to glucose control. Huh? Okay. Well, GLP-1 works in a glucose-dependent manner. It stimulates the beta cells in your pancreas to secrete insulin and inhibit the liver from releasing excessive glucose by reducing glucagon secretion from alpha cells. It also helps regulate food ingestion by slowing gastric emptying in your stomach here (laughs) and making you feel full. Like at Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, I don't get it. Is it important? Well, GLP-1 is important because it impacts the multiple systems affected by diabetes. It also plays a significant role in protecting beta cells, a key to slowing diabetes progression. Unfortunately, many people with type 2 diabetes have impaired GLP-1 secretion and impaired beta cell response to GLP-1. Like Grandpa? Yes. And like many of my type 2 diabetes patients, that's why I want to make sure I'm looking at the whole picture in diabetes. Sustained control of A1C is important, but we can't stop there. It's important to look at weight, cardiovascular risk, and beta cell dysfunction. Impaired GLP-1 physiology is also a part of the problem, and the multiple actions of GLP-1 throughout the body are critical. So, the GLP-1 robot will help you see the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, I guess, in a way, it will. Novo Nordisk is a world leader in diabetes care and is dedicated to ongoing research. To learn more about GLP-1 and the role it plays in diabetes, please visit novomedlink.com slash DIA.